everybody. Welcome to our podcast. I'm Liz. And I'm Taylor. And now we're talking, Darian. Hello and welcome. Today is July 20th. And today we have Johnny Artiega, the founder of JA Elite Soccer, which is the program that Darian Soccer Association uses to run the kindergarten through second grade programs, as well as some of our travel teams. And, uh, you know, for all of you out there have little ones playing soccer, you know exactly what I mean when you say you go out on that field on a Saturday and it is truly magic. It's chaos. There's hundreds of kids, hundreds of parents, but there is such an air of professionalism and passion that is on that field thanks to Johnny and his team. They, they bring something so special to this program. I've kind of always wanted to know more and I'm excited to talk to him. Wow, Taylor, you said it beautifully. Um, all I can add is uh, people might be thinking sports again. Why? But I mean, Dairy N in this area is known for sports. And um, I think we get that the main one people tend to associate us with lacrosse, but soccer is just as big as lacrosse here. We have over a thousand kids signing up for this every year yeah. and over a hundred volunteers uh, putting this program together. Um, and it's successful. It's really successful. Really impressive. So I look forward to talking to him. Johnny, thank you so much for being with us today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. I mean, I know I've, I'm going on my third kid at these soccer fields and spent a lot of time out there watching these young ones run around and you are doing such a great job. Um, I think a lot of parents probably wonder what's going on with your program because you guys have so much energy. It's so professional. Like, I'd love to talk to you about JA Elite and really what's behind the scenes there because you guys are doing something really great. No, we're excited to be in Darien and be able to pass on our knowledge and experiences to our kids here. We try to create a fun environment where, where they can grow and, and learn and, and have fun on the field. So we're so, excited to be here. So give me, and I'm like one of those parents that's not there yet, so I have no idea. I mean, you look great. You're wearing the jersey, the official jersey you came with, the soccer ball. But um, I don't know anything about the program, so could you break it down for sure. someone like me? So J Elite Soccer, we started in 2011. Um when I started coaching in Darien in 2009-2010 season, uh, we launched J Elite. Um, I started it thinking, um, let's just help these kids continue to play the game and um, offer some additional training opportunities, some clinics, some technical training. And then, you know, we've sort of grown within Darien. Um, so that's kind of the history of, of J Elite a little bit. Um, now we run the K through two program for the DSA. So we're basically an outside organization that comes in and offers the professional coaching services to DSA. We also run some of the travel teams. Darien Soccer Association is DSA. Did we yeah. say that? That's good to know. Yeah. Thank you. Thank yeah. you, Taylor, for translating. No problem. <laughs> yeah. So it's, you know, it's been, uh, we've, we started 10 years ago, um, now. So, um, when you look back, it's, uh, it's obviously great, uh, for me to look back and see where we started with, you know, six kids at a, at a technical training clinic at the high school tennis courts fields and wow. now being at Middlesex with, you know, 500 kids in the yeah. K through two program is, is awesome. So yeah. for any listeners that haven't seen this phenomenon on a Saturday, it's crazy. I mean, from sunrise to sunset, it's just, I mean, hundreds and hundreds of little ones running around playing the high school, what I would call magnet ball instead of <laughs> soccer. I mean, it's just so cute to <laughs> watch. Ball, that's cute. Um, wait, so, but, but yeah, go ahead. Well, I was gonna say, so, so it's K through two, but, um, and it's house travel is, is expanding past K through two. Or yeah, did so, you just start with K? Yeah. So DSA just basically outsourced to us to do the K through two about two years ago. Okay. So that program, um, was being run by another vendor and they, they kind of opened it up and brought us into, to, um, run that program. Um, we were awarded the program after kind of going through a process and then, um, we also, we're also doing travel teams. We do about 10 travel teams for the DSA that also come under my organization. And what grade does um, that start at? We have a couple of U9 teams, so third graders, third and fourth, fifth and sixth. We have some U11, U12 teams. Okay. Um, and then we also run all technical training clinics on a Friday for the DSA travel teams. So that's an additional session that the travel uh, players get to do in town um, with their teammates um so that program that's that's sort of to be honest that's sort of how we started j elite soccer in darien it was with the technical training we saw that there was an opportunity for us to offer an additional session where we can target the players ball mastery foot skills technique um, rather than just the bigger picture you know we noticed that i was coaching travel teams myself and sometimes you didn't have the time in a normal practice during the week to be able to give the technical side, the attention that it needs. 
So we started uh, the Friday clinics, and now we have all the travel teams doing those clinics. So, well, you guys offer such a professional product. I mean, it's really, really great. Um, I mean, there's definitely been you know a positive shift in like the the organization, the professionalism of the the experience that I think parents and kids have um, with the K through two program, and you know, sitting in a seat where I'm running a youth program, <clears throat> field hockey program as well. Um, I know how difficult it is to kind of, you know, hire and, and produce, you know, that kind of program on that scale. And you've got so many athletes. Like it is interesting to think about how DSA is organized and how you fit into that and how that's evolving because you guys are really delivering what the town needs. Um, how is that relationship changing and evolving and yeah no it's great you know i'm grateful for dsa to 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 trust uh my organization to run uh, the programming for them um i think that we're taking as the as the time goes on we're taking um a bigger role within dsa so so it's it's important uh, for me i think all of this goes back to my initial sort of purpose when i started jaylee talker and it's sort of the impact i want to create in the in, the, in in this area and Darien specifically and then in Fairfield County in general. I think if we uh, focus on providing the best uh, environment for players to develop, um, I think it's going to help the overall game in this area. The overall game in the U.S., I think the, the soccer is growing in the U.S. rapidly, uh, but I think it's really important what we do at the grassroots levels and at these, you know, town programs. So for me, I mean, that that's exciting, um, you know, to be able to, to be a part of Darien soccer and um, especially all the young players, just give them an opportunity to play and, and really start to love the game at a young age. And, you know, that's what we focus on at those younger age groups. Okay, so let's talk about your background. So how are you qualified? I mean, you look the part. I mean, you look like you're like a Colombian, this beautiful <laughs> Colombian man coming in here with the skills. We, you know, you gave me a couple lessons outside before we started. So what's your background here that translates to a successful program? Yeah, so I, uh, I grew up in Colombia, came to the U.S. when I was 12. I've uh, played a game my entire life. So you, you started uh, soccer ball at your foot at what age? I have, I have pictures uh, at two years old with, with a ball at my feet. So and what was life like in Colombia and what brought you here? Yeah, so life was good. Uh, my dad was uh, a, a you know working uh, class man and uh, my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And um, my sister, I have a sister, older sister, and I um, you know had a, a pretty good education in Colombia. Um, my dad did lose his job uh right before we came here and he wanted a sort of a, a fresh air and a new start in life um things in colombia back then were were okay you know coming out of a lot of uh difficult times through sure. through um you know the, the the 90s um late 80s 90s so um it, my parents just were thinking about my sister and i i think and and you know coming to the u.s was the right move for them and for our future so um, I had aunts here and we came to my aunt's house in Greenwich, um, lived there for about a year and a little bit. And then um, we went off uh, on our own in, in Stanford. You know, it was a new country and a new language for my parents, for myself, for me. It was really easy, I think, to be honest. I feel like I'm really good with languages. I pick them up pretty quickly. What other languages do you speak? <laughs> well, I don't really sp speak uh, other languages fluently, but I, I can pick things up. Uh, cool. I spent some time in Poland. We'll talk about that in a minute. But, you know, I was able to learn some things. And uh, so I feel like I, oh. I picked English pretty quickly. I was really young, so it helps. You know, you're going to school and all of a sudden everyone around you speaking English. So Did you fit in uh, here when you came or was it hard yeah, to adapt? Yeah, no, I, I did. I did. I I felt comfortable and I made myself fit in. <laughs> well, yeah, sports. How could you not want to be friends with him? <laughs> no, no, he's so nice. And sports too is like the universal language, I feel yeah. like. It's a great entry into any school. Yeah, funny story. Um, when I came, it was uh, December, so it was winter, uh, and I wanted to play soccer, right? So there's no, in Greenwich, we didn't really know much. My, my aunt was trying to guide us in the right direction. I was going to Western Middle School. And the next uh, season was spring. And so they didn't have uh, soccer in the spring. So... I was like, I need to do something. So I ended up playing baseball. That's <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, and I had a little bit of, uh, of knowledge about baseball because Colombia is also a baseball country, but, but it wasn't my sport, you know, but I spent a little bit of time and then I got to know some people and that summer got involved. And then, you know, from then on, I, I got into the youth soccer world as well. Myself at that young age, I was playing travel, Greenwich, then went on to club teams and, and so on until we moved to Stanford. When we moved to Stanford, I played at high school, uh, West Hill High School, um, with, with, to be 
honest, like some of the guys that are still coaching with me now are, are high school friends and high school teammates oh. and guys I played high school ball with. Um, so there were some good programs, some good soccer programs here in Connecticut. Even it, yes, it, it's, it's evolved. To be quite honest, if I'm if if we're gonna look at like the evolution of soccer, it's it's been tremendous. Um, we had very very limited um, coaching in terms of when we were growing up. Um, when I was growing up, some parents were involved and people that wanted to help, but really not really professional coaching and not really. Um, sort of challenging environments for players to grow yeah um you know people wanted to help and and be part of it but you know now the game has evolved so much um but that's what i'm wondering like how so you were able to take it to the professional level even back then when there wasn't this you know a a better path now you're creating this path like how did you even get to that that level and how are you providing that you know even in high school uh, i'll say and some of my former teammates will say you know i wasn't even the best high school player um, I had guys around me that were so much better than they were, than me, you know, I had guys that were you really had quite a career. So that's saying something. <laughs> no, that's why it's yeah. Sorry. yeah, yeah, no. And it, and it's true. Um, I think what, what happened during those years for me was I always had the game understanding. I was really smart on the field. I almost, I always had a way to score goals. Um, but, but I wasn't, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, but physically I wasn't really fully sort of developed in, in my, uh, you know, um, just physical, uh, attributes. Right. And some guys were faster and stronger at those age groups. You play forward. I did. And so sometimes, you know, the, the kids that were excelling were those natural athletes. Um, and then, you know, here's this slanky kid from Columbia who can score goals, but is not quite there yet. Right. Um, and I, and I always had the dream of playing professionally and, and I was, look, I always, when I was a little boy, I would, uh, mock some of the Colombian professional players and, and <laughs> think I was them. And so I always had that dream. And, and I think that drive came within, um, you know, even though sometimes the environment wasn't sort of appropriate to, to try to get to those sort of dreams or goals, I, I, I kept it alive. And so you went and played a, a, a yeah. scholarship to play in I, high yeah, school, in I, college? I went to Dominican college on a scholarship, played there for four years. Um, my senior year, I was player of the conference. So player of the year. By so the way, you, you had to be pretty decent high school to get a scholarship, <laughs> by yeah. the way. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I mean, I, I was surrounded by, by a lot of good players. So okay. I, I want to be, you know, be fair to, to okay. everyone around me. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I was good. Okay. <laughs> I was good. Okay. So you got a scholarship playing college, played for four years. And then from there that launched you. Yeah. From there, um, after playing four years at Dominican, uh, I, I continue to sort of drive myself into, into the professional game. And my college experience was, was phenomenal. You know, I wouldn't change it for anything, but it wasn't sort of the typical, um, after my sophomore year i was in bed at eight o'clock and i wasn't partying i was training and i was in the training room and i was in a weight room and i was running before training and i was doing things that you know probably only someone who had to drive to to get out of a small division two school um had and and you know i i kind of took that route and i don't regret it you know a lot of people in my surroundings lived a different lifestyle uh, but for me, it was it was my dream, and and I had to do what I had to do. So uh, from then on, I I came out of Dominican and went to a couple of showcases. I was invited, like professional showcases, talked to a couple of professional clubs, but didn't end up signing with anyone um, in like a top league. I played in a, a second division um, USL team in Western Mass. Um, played there for about. So what half does that season. mean? Like right below? Yeah. So MLS back then there was Major League Soccer um, as the top tier, then USL one and USL two. This team belonged to USL two, okay. which a lot of transformation happened to now, and it's kind of restructuring the same way now. Anyways, um, but I played there for a little bit, then went on to Poland, uh, had some time in Poland, came back to the US, played in the USL in 2011, which was my best uh, year as a professional. So you played professionally in Poland? Yes. That's very cool. For how long? I was there for six months. So it was a small okay. small uh, time, but you know, I was I was happy. It was a good experience. I, I, I honestly think that that experience was was key to my career because um, the way the game was was sort of lived in, in a country like Poland, which is really passionate about the game and, and the environment I was in, um, allowed me to continue to sort of pursue that dream and, and, and say, this is what I want to do every day. Um, oh, you know, interesting. You, yeah. what was it like? How was it different over there? Just, uh, first, I, I think 
the way people view the game. I think uh, it's their only sort of sport. Um, you know, they everyone in the town is a small village, to be honest, and, and everyone knows about the team. Everyone's at the Sunday game or at the Saturday night game. So you were a little, you were a celebrity over there. Yeah, yeah, it was right? sort of like that. Yeah, 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 I would go to the supermarket and everyone knew who I was. And I was, oh, hey. That's so cool. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, so, so that, that, you know, that environment was good. We played against a couple of German teams, which were really tough teams to play. And it opened up my, my eyes to, like, the game in Europe, you know, um, after just playing here in the US because in Colombia I only played when, until I was 12 so I didn't really have a right. you know sort of that environment there um, by the way this might be a naive question but is does Europe play the game different than the US plays the game um, so it depends on styles yeah. Uh, but yeah that's not that's a good question actually every sort of country has their style every team has their style yeah so you uh, could just pick that up translate quickly or well it, it it's it's a little bit of if you have certain tools, you might be able to execute, um, and the coaches will have to sort of decide. All right, this player fits in here, and but even the European teams are like United Nations, right? Like there's yeah. people from everywhere. So you can't, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay, all right. Yeah, no, but that's a good question. I think I think the U.S. game has also evolved. So back when I was playing to now is a totally different game. Um, but you know, going to Europe was helpful. Came back, played in the USL. Um, that year, I led the league in goals. I was Golden Boot and um, in the basically second division at that time, wow. underneath MLS. Um, then caught the eye of a couple MLS teams and sounds like a, an impressive award, the Golden Boot. <laughs> yeah, cool. that that's given to the top scorer of the of the year. So nice, congratulations. Yeah, thank yeah. you. That was that was fun, fun times. Yeah, can you wear that thing or is it just a trophy? <laughs> it's just a trophy. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but so you came back and then started the. JA Elite program while you were still playing. Yeah, right? so that year in 2011 was actually uh, a, a phenomenal year because that year is when I started JA Elite 2011. I established it, um, and I was always coaching and playing. Actually, some of the kids in Darien who I coached um, at the time came to watch uh, some of our games at St. John's oh, University. Cool. So it was fun. It was fun for them to to see Coach Johnny out there playing, and for me to see them and some of the families and parents to come out. They're like, "Wait, this guy actually knows what he's doing!" Wow. <laughs> Can you have to tell that story about how it, how it was born, like who, how you got brought into the Darien community? Yeah, so um, in 2009, right out of college, or 2008, I should say, I was coaching um, with a friend of mine, Everson, who um, has a soccer academy in a, in a club up north, and he had they had reached out to him to bring some coaches into Darien to help out with the program. So I lived in Stanford. He was like, look, do you want to do this? We're playing on the same professional team you can do this in the afternoons we would train at night uh for the pro team back then sometimes the trainings were in the morning so i worked out for my schedule i said sure yeah I, i've always liked coaching i was actually was always coaching even in college i was always doing some clinics and things like that with kids i really enjoyed my time with kids um you know i'm i feel like i'm a kid myself but that's that's you're sort about of, to have your second kid <laughs> yeah, right i'm gonna have my second hopefully not during this podcast <laughs> yeah hopefully uh my wife can wait a little bit <laughs> hold in there baby <laughs> Um, but no, I, I coached with Everson for a little bit in Darien and, and, and then he, he really didn't want much to do with Darien and he was, uh, focusing his other, uh, business, uh, elsewhere. And, and so I, I kind of took over that piece and started Jay Lee Talker back in 2011 and always coached and played, um, you know, until it was time for me to hang the boots up. Um, after playing the MLS in 2012, I went to Pittsburgh for two more years play there and you skipped over mls so you played a little bit with I, the red I, bulls I right did. yeah i played with the red bulls in 2011 actually 2011 sorry 2012 full season and in 2011 i was brought in uh, closer to the end of the season um to kind of be a reserve player and to get involved with the team they scouted me in 2011 when i was playing in the usl and i led the league in goals they kind of knew about me and there was interest for me to sign with them so i played a little bit of reserve games there mm -hmm. Um, in 2011 and then played the whole 2012 season which I think it was uh, the best experience I've had um, as a professional I was playing with World Cup players players that have um, Thierry Henry who won the World Cup so mm, wow. uh, with France a French international player uh, Mexican international player Rafa Marquez Australian international player Tim Cahill and guys who were you know I was I was always looking up to and all of a sudden uh, they're you're sharing locker room with these guys. That's so cool. So it was amazing. It was an amazing experience. 
When you get to that level, is it uh, is it about the like? Um, is the glory and the level of play and playing at that like it, it's so much fun playing at that level, or is part of it also like the recognition, the pay? Like, what is it? What do you? What is a soccer player working towards at that point? More, more, more. What? More, more women. More, <laughs> <laughs> more competition. Keep it clean. This is for the kids. More <laughs> competition. More trophies. More championships. Got it. It's an incredible competitive environment. Um, I think that in the locker room is competitive in training is competitive and when you get on the field you're you know you have to kill to eat so it's really competitive um you know these guys i I, i'll tell you a story that uh, for me that sort of made me realize like if this guy's doing this why am i not doing this we have i played with tr Henry. he was a striker same position as i was and the guy would stay after training for an extra hour training an extra 30 minutes training every day and everyone would walk off the field ready to go and he'd stay hitting balls and doing um, certain things, scenarios, recreating scenarios. And so, you know, I was 25 years old. Here's a 32-year-old World Cup champion doing this. And, you know, it makes you realize, like, if you want to be that kind of player, if you, if you want more, you need to do the little things and you need to do more. So I, I really looked up to him and, and I actually spent a lot of time with him staying after and doing things and asking them questions. And, you know, there were a lot of uh, stories that only World Cup teams would um, would would sort of live through um, that he shared with us um, from the French national team having internal um, competition that almost became fights, um, you know, within players. And it just tells you the, the, the level and the competitiveness of every player at this level is really high. Yeah, it's kind of cool to hear, by the way, because I feel like there's like a, like a perception that goes with um, when you get to an elite athlete level, it's the glory in it. Like, you know, you get like, you know, the commercials and you go to the parties and stuff. But really, I mean, hearing the side, like the reality of it is if you want to play at this level, it sounds like you're you're putting in the work. And after practice, you're not going home to a party or a fancy dinner. You're actually going to more practice and more practice. Yeah. And at that level, um, at that level the guys are preparation is key so you're thinking about your rest days you're thinking about your nutrition you're thinking about the mental side of the game the tactical side of the game you're watching tape um you're watching opponents you're watching your own game clips so it's really really you have to live soccer 24 7. yeah i love that i love it that this guy even in that environment rose above that and was doing something really exceptional and i love that you embrace that and, and learned from him because I'm hoping that that philosophy is getting passed on to our kids through absolutely. this program. Like absolutely. That is- absolutely. Look, I, I think the environment we try to create, at the end of the day, I still play this game and I, and I play it because it's fun. So we can't lose the fun out of the game. And I think at that level as well, um, I think that's important. You know, you're stepping out of a professional field with 35,000 people, 45, 50, 60,000 people and coming out of stadium. You got to enjoy the game. You got to play with joy. I think, you know, we like to translate that to the kids. Every time you're on the field, just enjoy it, yeah. have fun. I think that's when you you play your best and you and you play free, um, you okay, know. Let's talk about that a second. That made me think of burnout without, you know, getting too negative in that aspect. I mean, we are driving these kids from an early age to, and also to almost play a single sport. And I hear you talking about the fun and that's the mission of, you know, field hockey, the DIY, the DIY. FH. That's the mission of DY Lax. It's all about inclusion, getting kids out there playing and having fun. And you're saying that, but I'm still worried this other element's happening where these kids are being driven too hard and they're burning out too early. I don't know. Can you talk to me about that? Yeah. So I think I would, you know, I don't want to speak uh, for DSA, but I think uh, we're aligned the same way. Uh, we want the kids to play, to have fun, to enjoy the game. Uh, you know, these younger age groups, I think multi-sport athletes are totally fine. Um, I think that what I, the way I, I sort of grew up myself, right? I've played this game since I was two. You know, I'm still playing the game. So for me, I think the burnout may be the amount that you do versus the sort of quality that you do, right? So for example, if you're doing two training sessions that are that are sort of organized training sessions a week or three, and you're playing on your own the rest of the week, that's fine. For me, I'd like to see the kids play different sports. The problem becomes if a kid is being driven from 
one sport to the next sport to the next sport five days a week they're not being kids you know at that point we're, we're pushing them too much um so in terms of if a player uh, players will like most uh, players will like different sports and there will be players that like one sport and that's totally fine as long as these kids are also not placed in a in an environment every day where we're demanding certain things from them they're just not even going to enjoy the game so for me if a kid wants to play soccer three times a week in an organized environment and wants to play two times the other two or three times a week on their own that's totally fine you know but if you're asking a player to play four or five days a week in, an, in a controlled environment where we're demanding from them that that that's too much but I think you either have the passion or you don't, right? Yeah. I think it's probably very rare to find as much passion for a sport as you have. I mean, I think we might be blaming it on their schedules or whatever in some cases. And trust me, I'm very sensitive to the burnout thing. But I mean, in reality, if you've got 100 kids, like how many kids really have that much passion anyway, right? So I think we got to provide those kids with the opportunity to play as much as they want. I, I don't know. I, yeah, no, I think it's providing the opportunities. Um, it's also, I also think that... Um, Development is a long-term process. And I think, you know, it's some people may view it as like immediate success right now. And they want their kids to be on the best team. And they want their kids at a young age to be playing all these games and competing in the A team or, you know, whatever it may be. And I think there's time for that. You know, the kids will be where, where they'll be. And, and go back to your point, like less than 1% of players will ever get to a professional environment or a professional team. So like, to be honest, we're doing more for growing the game, growing their passion for the game, the principles that the game can teach them um, for life in general, and be able to to learn the game and enjoy it. But we don't need to push um, too early. I think, you know, we need to allow the players to grow within the game, continue to um, challenge them and make it fun. But, you know, I don't think there's a need to push at a young age or, you know, even, even before high school, I think, you know, I think the kids will take the path that they, that they will based on, like you said, their passion, their love for the game. And we have one kid who, um, from Darien who, you know, I've seen grow up and is now at a New York city FC, which is a major league soccer Academy. Um, and this player is, passionate about the game and he plays the game every day and his parents have to drive him to New York four days a week and and do this but that's one kid out of Darien you know that's doing that so to be honest not every kid is able to take that route or is going to take that route if we're honest mm -hmm. um, so we need to make sure that we're providing the general um, player the experience that they should get so, um, so how do you actually what does that actually look like in your program so Let's talk a little bit about DSA. So for the K through two program, we have practices once a week and we have a Saturday game with an additional or supplemental training on Sunday, which is the academy for um, first and second graders. And anyone can take that supplemental academy? Yes, yes. They can choose to do the additional session. It's totally up to them. And that's sort of an option for kids who want a third day of soccer at those age groups. To your point, Taylor. Um, kids have the passion. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So the house program is once a week training with a professional coach and then a Saturday game in an organized setting, but with modified rules because we modify the rules to allow development to allow a lot of action to allow them to enjoy the game based on where they are in their development their characteristics etc so like the environment we create is is really positive it's a learning environment for them mm -hmm. and then the kids that will be that one percent we're talking about or less than one percent will probably find their way into other areas to supplement. What's well, so I was going to ask that? Like, so if a kid wants to play more, where do they go? Do you still offer more than that, and not at that level, or do they have to seek out? So a second. Um, no, we have options for everybody. So if a kid just wants to do the house program, they can play once a week and weekend games. If a kid wants to do a third session, we have the Sunday Academy. That's for uh, K through two, so right? Five to seven year old kids. Five to seven year olds, yeah. So K through two, and then from third grade on. Um, we have the travel program, which is twice a week practices in the travel program, and then a weekend games, um, and a Sunday game. And then on Friday, we have that supplemental option. Got it. Where at this point, most kids 
because of the environment, I think most kids want to take part of that. Mm. They want to be with their teammates. And it's a little bit different in terms of the structure. It's more targeted through to, towards uh, the technique of the game. Uh, ball mastery, dribbling techniques, shooting, passing techniques. So it's a little bit of a different um, type of training uh, for them. So, okay, Johnny, here's my question for you, though. Yeah. If a kid can't do or doesn't want to do that, that Friday clinic or that extra clinic a week, or they, they can't because maybe they're doing another sport, do you see them falling behind in the travel and house league? And then does it affect their interest in the sport long term? That's a good question. Um, and I think the simple answer is the, the more you're with the ball, especially a sport like soccer, which is extremely difficult, the better you're going to be. Mm. It's just unfortunate, but that's just the reality. The reality is a soccer player needs to spend a lot of time with the ball. And again, even if they can't make that Friday session, mm -hmm. we actually encourage the kids to play at home. Yeah. For me, that's more, for me, that's really important. Really important for a kid to be hitting the ball against the wall, to be juggling, to be hitting the ball against a, a goal, because that's also creating that relationship with the ball. Mm -hmm. um, and that's what's important. The technical training that we do is every child has a ball at their feet. So when you have a ball at your feet, it's you and the ball. It's that relationship, right? So if you're at home on your I own. I thought you were going to bring the ball in for the interview. Like, <laughs> yeah. says, can I you bring one? He ball. says, I don't think I've been without a ball for like as long as I can remember. <laughs> I always have when, a ball with me. When you go to bed with your wife, it's you, your wife, and a ball between <laughs> you guys. <laughs> That's right. Again, keep it clean. Um, um, That's clean. It's a ball. Yeah. It's a soccer ball. No, but, but going back to that, I think um, – the kids that can't make it because they they have other commitments, we do encourage them to do a lot on their own at home. Just, hey, spend some time. Like, it, Sorry, I say a lot, but it doesn't have to be a lot. It could be five, ten minutes on your own, mm -hmm. just juggling the ball, just hitting the ball. So this is where the, the burnout thing happens, right? Yeah. Like I think that parents see that their kids like soccer, that they're pretty good at soccer. They're like, all right, you got to do this extra training. It, it either comes from the kid or it doesn't. Right? That is true. And if they're feeling obligated to sign up for the extra day or to, to go out and spend time against the wall, then that, I don't think that lasts long, right? But then the kids that are really motivated, that love the game, that want to sleep with the ball, like that's, yeah. of course they're doing that. They don't even need to be told probably. But what I want to know is like, if you pull back and look at, because um, I was interested and you said, you know, I was surrounded by a lot of good players in Stanford. How does this region stack up like nationally? Like I know this region is powerful for lacrosse. How does it stack up for soccer? I think uh, it's it's growing um, soccer in the U.S. has, um, I said this before, evolved tremendously. I think it's showing in the national team, uh, men's national team and women's, obviously women's has had the most success um, in the U.S. Obviously men is, is just gaining that success now. Um, but it starts from the bottom, right? And I think this region, uh, Jersey, New York, Connecticut, uh, Tri-State area has historically had some good players come through. Um, but I think the things like this that we're doing, this program and town programs really focusing on providing players the right environment for them to grow will only help that um, improve. Are we the hotbed or is um, it somewhere else? Where To be honest, they're all across the country. There's their soccer. Pretty evenly um, distributed. Yeah, because yeah, yeah. it's and, available and, and you have the Texas is pretty good. You know, okay. Houston has a really good academy. Um, Dallas as well. Um, so California has a lot of soccer as well. Um, so, yeah. you know, there's uh, Maryland, there's soccer everywhere. Um, I just think if you, if we talk about players that have played the game at the professional, um, level, then we're going to have to go and count who comes out of what region. Right. But in terms of the game itself, I think this region is continuing to grow. Um, the only thing that I've kind of, seen through the years is at times it's it's a little bit diluted in terms of the quality of programming um, because there are so many and so many options. Um, so I think, you know, that's something that I've, I've taken really personal in terms of creating a high quality environment where we're providing the right or what we believe, because there's no right or wrong here. You know, this game is based on opinions, but what we believe um, is the right environment for players to, to grow so how do you and learn. How do you maintain your product then? How do you do that? What yeah, it's not easy. Um, but I've been fortunate to have uh, be surrounded by people in my organization and coaches that we've brought in who are really um, 
passionate about teaching first and foremost, passing on their knowledge and 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 also executing so, sort of our principles of play or curriculum, um, really understanding and 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 seeing what what we're about and being able to to pass that on to the kids on the field. And look, we have we work with so many different age groups and levels as well. Um, so that's also important to understand and know the characteristics of the players we're working with, the objectives of the programs that we have. You know, I think some of the objectives for the K through two program are different than the objectives for the U11 travel team. Um, yeah, and that's obviously, I mean, that's like the blocking and tackling of running a program, but it is the passion that's so tangible with you and with your, it's not just that you're surrounded by these people, you recruited these people. Like, what's your philosophy? What's your pitch when you go out to hire a new coach? <laughs> <laughs> um, look, I think I, I, I've been, every time every, every time I bring a coach in, the first thing I tell them is, I, I, I'm calling you because I know that, you know, you'll be a great addition to what we're doing and what we're trying to do. Um, and most of these people are people I've had a relationship with in terms of playing or friendship. Um, you know, at this point for the K through two program in the fall in Darien, we probably have about 18 coaches, 18, 20 coaches, professional coaches. So it's a pretty big, um, amount of, of coaches that we have to bring in. Um, but every single one of those coaches have either, you know, we've played together or I've, coached actually i coached at iona for three years uh back in 2016 iona college iona college division one. Oh, cool um so i was there for a little bit and some of those players i coached are now coaches themselves um so you know some of these guys are also getting involved and i was wondering if you had kids that you like from you've been now in darian long enough you've had darian kids <laughs> you've coached you know at the younger levels that have come back and wanted to yes teach, even in high school or yes you have yes. i have a couple of kids who are in college a couple of kids who are in high school who are helping us with some of the younger um programs some of our day camps etc so and i think that's sort of the culture that we're we're trying to create you know we want to create a culture where um the kids from players um, to coaches and parents are all sort of pulling for the benefit of the kids at the end of the day. You know, we want to make sure that we're doing everything for the players. Um, and I think every decision we make um, is for the benefit of the players. So that helps um, us create a culture that where these players are going to grow and, and want to be a part of it too um, later on. Um, so it's great to see. We have a couple of kids who, who are now with us currently this summer and, I've coached, you know, and it's awesome to see them. And, you know, a funny story with, uh, with my, uh, my son, uh, Santi, he is, uh, he's going to be three in September and we took him to a little day camp that I'm running a soccer camp. By the way, side note, he's three. That means he's had a soccer ball in his, on his foot for at least a year, right? <laughs> yes. In Colombian terms. Yes, that's like, exactly. <laughs> okay. Um, no, I don't know. I hope he likes it. He's, he's into it right now, but you know, I, I would never, uh, that's cute. Tell That's him cute. he has to play or anything like that. I think the environment that he's he's surrounded by, I think he'll play, but you know, we'll see. Whatever yeah. he decides to do, I support him. So um we have a coach who I coached, uh a female coach. Uh now she's uh, uh in high school and she was running the little kids camp, um, the twos, threes, and fours. Um and it's an it's a it's a hour and a half thing in the morning. And so we brought my son in. Um and the other day I was like, Hey son, do you want to go play? And he was like, yes, I want to go play with Coach Caitlin. So <laughs> for me, I was like, wow, that's awesome. Like my son is now, you know, in this environment with a play, a, a former player, you know, that's great. So that's, that's fun. That's fun to see for sure. I laugh thinking about the two-year-old soccer program. We signed my son up for that. <laughs> and I mean, a field full of soccer balls. The kid went to the sideline and found a baseball that someone had left <laughs> and decided to play with that instead. Uh, he never went through right. the soccer program after that. That's all that discovery <laughs> phase. They're all just, uh, you know, trying to see what's what. And uh, my son is the same way. Uh, we have a indoor facility with Bobby Valentine's in Stanford. We partner up with. Right. And he, uh, Santi spends some time there when, when I'm there. And every time he sees the kids on the cages, he's like, baseball daddy i want baseball <laughs> oh I'm man. all right man whatever you want <laughs> oh gosh, but you think it's legit to get kids involved that young like two three I well mean, um if they like it. the the classes that we're doing are amazing and it's really not too much soccer right the ball is involved but it's more motor skills development is more 
are ABCs, which is agility, balance, and coordination without the ball, jumps, hops, catching rings, grabbing things, and you know, running around. So I'm really careful in terms of how much soccer we push at these ages. I think um, you know, we just want to keep a fun little class where they can be around um, kids their age, be around coaches that are excited about having them there, running around, feeling good, doing some celebrations and that kind of stuff. So that's it. That's your mission as a program and that, that, that mirrors the DSA's mission. Right? Yeah. I mean, that's our pre-K uh, classes, but it across from like everything we do from two year olds to all the way up to 15 year olds, um, you know, we want to make sure that we're creating that environment that is a fun, a positive learning environment, um, which will help players grow. Um, you know, we're gonna the challenges grow, grow as a soccer player, yeah, or grow as both, an individual, both, both, like as a as a man or as both, a woman, both. Okay. The word think, that, the word that comes to mind for me is like a fertile ground. Like you are creating that, so that when there is real passion and joy, like it's it's allowed to grow. Like yeah. I think that's really cool. It's all you can do, right? Yeah, absolutely. I think that's what that's what we're trying to create. You know, I think ultimately. Um, across the board, we, we look, if you look at my shirt, yeah. it says passion, dedication, it's success, J-A right? Elite Soccer Academy, passion, dedication, success. So like for me, that's when I, when I started this, I was like, I love this. I want to pass this on and you have to be dedicated, um, to what you love. And so that's how you'll find success. So for me, those things, we will always sort of try to pass on to the kids and what look this this applies to anything any sport anything in life so i will say by the way if, i think this is the mantra of all our programs and and darian I, I i know people are working hard to create that create that fertile ground you said taylor like yeah. you know the passion success um it does sometimes get awry we're in a competitive environment johnny yeah i mean and parents are and it's just inevitable and like and even you know, I see it on the lacrosse field, even though you, you can, as a coach, do as much as you can to tell kids it's all about fun. It's developmental, Devel- you know, just getting your, 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 your kids out there and playing and learning a team sport and having fun, but still it can, I don't know, it gets competitive. I don't know. I don't, I don't know how you combat that. I don't know if you have tools or what you say to parents or coaches to try to keep things light or fun. I don't know. Do you have a strategy? Well, competition is always going to be there. It's we have to understand that a single game result, it's not bigger than player development. Mm. For me and for our program, we will always prioritize player development. I think winning will be a result of your development and of your your goals and objectives. Um, I think the way we've structured the program is. Um, look at the K through two, we have really specific things. We want to really just kids to love the game, love the game at kinder first, second grade and across the board, like all age groups, but really at those ages, you come to soccer. I want you to love the ball and I want you to come back next week, excited with your ball in your hand about playing and learning. And then we're going to teach you some fundamentals. We don't really set our teams up to try to win games at K through two. That to me doesn't, we don't even, to be honest, we don't even talk about okay, well, like what about winning seventh, at K eighth, through though? two. When, he's, yeah, when you get to fifth, sixth, seventh, yeah. eighth. So here's where we need to Because those kids want to win. Winning yes, is fun. Absolutely. And winning is part of it. And it's a big part of it. I think if you do the right things early on, winning will be a result of all that, right? Okay. So what we need to try to create is also sort of a, sort of educate parents as well. Because I think a lot of it, it's driven by parents. The parents want the kids to win. The kids want to win. Don't get me wrong. Every time you step on the field, every time I step on the field, whether I'm playing or coaching, I want to win. That I'm a competitor. Totally. However, I will never make a decision on a game to hurt a player that needs to develop at certain age groups. If we're playing in the State Cup, for example, which is a if you win you go ahead, if you lose, you go home, is across the state, is a competition that we play. Mm-hmm. It's a different approach, slightly different approach. We want to help the team experience that. Mm-hmm. We want to help the team win, right? So sometimes I think what's, what's people want to always think about winning. And, and, and yes, we should always try to win, right? I don't think it's difficult to take away the winning mentality from someone. You don't want to do that, right? But 
for us who manage the environment, I think we need to understand what our goals are. And do you remind your coaches every year like before they go out, like if you said, okay, third and fourth coaches, okay, fifth, and tell them like, here's the goals of the program at this age group. Yeah, we just have to have, as I said, at those ages and at every age, it's development. Players are always going to develop. Okay. I was developing at, at, at the professional game, right? Mm -hmm. But you have to have a balance when it starts to get to seventh grade, as you said, eighth grade, right? You have to have a balance. The kids also want to have success on the field and win. So coaches understand we need to hit our objectives and goals for this age group. And let's balance out game results. So, for example, um, our... Objectives for U9 and U10 are certain technical, tactical, and psychological objectives that we have for these age groups that we want to see every kid at those ages be able to complete, to pass, to move on to the next age group. At the next age group, it becomes a little bit more tactical. When we talk about tactical, now we're setting up our teams in a way to compete, ah. right? So when you're you're setting up your team tactically, you're looking at, all right, how can we get into the opposition? How can we prevent opposition to to hurt us? And how can we get into the, you know? So it just the structure itself will change slowly. I don't think we can ever walk away from competition because in terms of like saying, hey, it's not, don't worry about it, it's not competitive. The kids themselves at kindergarten are keeping score. We don't keep score. Mm -hmm. We don't keep score. Yeah. Yeah, well, the kids are doing it right it's it's a game so when you're playing a game there are two teams one's going to win one's going to lose yeah. or there will be a draw it's a good lesson on either side right? yeah yeah absolutely absolutely but we do have to have a balance and understand that winning at these age groups and not even just at these age groups in general in this level that we're working with is really not the priority so okay. actually what do you, i'm curious what you think what do you think of the participation trophy concept it's <laughs> a great call <laughs> Like that, which is every kid who which plays all it gets is a now. trophy. So we, no just did, we just went to a tournament in Rhode Island um, and our little ones um, actually up to fourth grade had participation medals and trophies. To me, uh, I'm not a fan of it. Um, I think, you know, if a team earned um, a, a, a tournament um, and they win it, they should get the trophies and the medals and the other kids, you know, will will give them a, a round of applause and talk to them about how great they were and what they need to continue to work on and what they did well. But I don't, you know, necessarily think there should be like, a, if we think about trophy and, and medals, that's like a winning award. So like, you know, if you didn't actually win the tournament, you know, I, I think we don't need to. Um, however, um, for younger age groups, K, first, second, they're just, we're rewarding them not for winning. We're rewarding them for their efforts through the season. We're rewarding them for their learning, for being part of it. Because I think that's that that's inclus inclusive, right? Like that program is like, hey, we have kids in there that maybe they've never really wanted to step on a sports field, and they did. So for us, it's like, hey, this is, this is soccer. We're excited to have you. But when they're competing like that, K through two is really not competition. It's 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 learning. It's just creating a culture for them. Shouldn't that experience be enough? I mean, I don't know yeah, why yeah, we're yeah, rewarding them. Yeah, totally. I, I think I'm talking more on the DSA end. I think we've been doing medals for those age groups. Yeah, I mean, and don't trophies get me wrong. for My for kids those age love groups. They the love trophies. yeah, like yeah. For those for those kids is uh is a little bit different. Uh, but when you're competing and playing tournaments and that kind of stuff, like I don't think you you really need. Um, participation medals or trophy yeah i'm with you experience alone like getting to have that experience that's the that's the yeah that's the trophy. That should be the reward um i have one other question by the way to finish up on that last train of thought like if you have a parent out there who wants to get more competitive with their kid they have a kid who's really good at soccer and wants to take it to the next level when would you recommend that they like go for a private lesson or start doing more than just what you're offering you know three four whatever the, the program of that time offers like when should a kid specialize in soccer yeah, so um, I'm not sure there's a like an age. Okay. Like, hey, at ten you need to go. At you know, well, I think, I'm, keep, I'm hoping you're going to say something like high school <laughs> and hold these parents back. <laughs> yeah. So for my own. Yeah. Sake. No. No. Honestly, I, I don't think there's there's a real age of like, hey, you need to. I think it's going to be where the player is at the moment. 
right? So if you have a player that's outgrown a travel program and, and needs to be challenged in a different program, maybe that's not appropriate for that player. They can move on. Okay. But in terms of like private lessons and all that kind of stuff, to be honest, I have people asking me for private lessons with five-year-olds, six-year-olds. Wow. Four-year-olds. And I'm like... We don't do private lessons for these kids. That's called babysitting. We actually don't. You, you we, we don't. We don't. We don't want to do private. Like, what am I going to tell a five-year-old, six-year-old? We want you to be a part of this class, this program, and you're going to learn the game there. You're going to have fun. It's all about that passion for the game, friendships at those age groups, just being at the activity, having fun. Why? Coaches don't like. We don't want it. We don't want to have private lessons at these younger age groups. Okay. You know, if you need some instructions for a nine-year-old and ten-year-old, we're happy to help, and we'll we'll do that, and we'll help. Uh, you know, with some shooting techniques and some certain areas, specific areas of of the game. But when they're that young, it's really difficult okay. to try. And, and you, I almost feel like you don't want to put that on the kid. Like it's just too much for them to to take in and like it's it's too serious you know I, I don't think you need to do that okay i like that i like your idea of reading the kid and like seeing where they are with things and like what their development is it's all per kid you know ultimately we want all these players to develop and be the best players they can be to be able to help our high school program and to be able to be yeah. part of of that well, i think the common denominator probably for anybody that is going to make it to that level is the passion and yeah. i love that you have no pun intended your eye on the ball when it comes to like helping create an environment where they can enjoy the game, love the game, grow their own passion for it and not be overwhelmed or, you know, kind of overworked. Yeah, I think we have, the DSA offers programs for players of all levels and across pretty much all age groups. So we we have a place for every player to, to play and develop and, and have fun and continue to involve, so... Is it too personal to ask about the tattoo on the inside of your right arm? What does that mean? It's not. It uh, it means family. Oh. Yeah. Is yeah, it yeah. new then? No. It's been there for uh, 11 years. Wow. Yeah. When, you, cool. when you got married? When did you get married? Uh, 2008, I got married. Okay. Yeah. Right. Tattoo was after. <laughs> Tattoo's after. <laughs> Thank you for doing the math for us. <laughs> cool. That was after your first born? No, no, it was uh, it was in uh, 2010, I think, before I left to Poland. Oh, yeah. cool. Well, I thank you so much for being with us today and for creating such a great program for our kids. I mean, I really, it is magical. Like, I love going out there on the weekends, both fall and spring, and seeing the energy that our kids have for the game and the passion that you and your coaches have. I mean, I think I, I've always felt welcomed by whether it was you or your, your coaches, and you got some great people out there, and... Thank you for what you're doing. No, for our thank community. you for having me. I'm excited for the future of dairy and soccer and, and to be a part of it. Thanks, Johnny. Thank you. <laughs>